0: Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if they were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world?
1: It's the question that drives us, Neo.
0: What is the Matrix? Matrix. It is the world
1: that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison. Human beings are a disease cancer of this planet,
0: your
2: plague, and we are the cure. By that music, that means another film cast, another week, and yes, more moaning. This podcast will probably contain mild language, because we are talking about Matrix Revolutions 2003, and I can't do that, as usual, without my partner in crime, Neil. How are you, mate?
1: I'm very well. I'm pleased to finally be speaking about this wonderful piece of cinematic genius that is uh, Uh, the third Matrix. was last week. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've watched the wrong film, haven't I? I apologise. Exactly.
2: Exactly. And let (laughs) the fanfares ring out because we are joined by Rav. How are you?
0: I say fanfare more like a ukulele <laughs> Just someone have sat a there strumming ukulele that'll be fine don't <laughs> we to have a
2: strum mate I'll have a strum well
0: why not we can why both is? do that
2: Steve. we can both strum I should For get rad. the sauce we can oh dears it's turned already it's turned um, but yeah Finally, we are on the third, it's not the final, because there's one yet to come out, but we are on the third Matrix film, and it's Matrix Revolutions, still directed and written by the Wachowskis. So, I didn't think we were ever going to get here, to be honest, because every time we were going to do something, something happened, and we just never got to the end of it. And I'd watched this film again and again and again, hadn't understood it still, but today... (laughs) Thankfully, I printed off something from the the internet called The Matrix 101. And I read that. I've done my homework and I actually understand everything in this. Um, And I think it might make it a more enjoyable experience. uh, Snagging it off. I just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, Neil, you really like The Matrix, as I said before on previous podcasts. And you're the one who wanted to do these bad boys. Uh, your feeling about giving too much away on number three. Where do you stand on number three?
1: Um I know people really do slate it, and I can understand why. But I'm, I like, I like it for the sense that it actually finishes the story. Because I think it would have been a shame if they had just left it at number two, where there were so many sort of questions unanswered. So that's that's what I'll say for now.
2: Oh. What about you, Rav? What about giving anything away,
0: um, I, I think it turned a bit crazy near the end. Um, the first two were, first one was amazing. Second one, lukewarm reception. Third one, um, as I was speaking to you before the casters, people just tended to forget about it, didn't they? Yeah, it wasn't that much of a hit.
2: Well, do you know, you have a look. I mean, the film's budget was $150 uh, million back in 2003. Um, which, what lot. do you think? It's,
1: it's awesome it switches.
2: is a lot. It's, and it grossed worldwide $427 million. Oh, So that's, that's a hit, isn't it? That's a success. It is a hit. Oh, yeah, it is. definitely. It is. So, I mean, I wonder out of all of those people who went to see it, how many people, the percentage of you, came out thinking... Oh, God, why do they have to do this? Or those who can't think (laughs) it, I hope there is a number four, honestly. I must admit, I didn't see three at the cinema. Did you guys see three?
1: I think I saw them all at the cinema, yeah.
0: No, I I got a uh, Blu-ray copy, and a normal DVD copy, uh, probably Mm. five, six years after it came out, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I I think it was way above my highbrow, honestly, (laughs) than seeing it at the cinema, not having a, a limitless card then i thought i'm not going to pay to sit there again just trying to pretend that i understand it but i didn't bother <laughs> i think i must have gone to see men in black or something instead
1: oh yeah <laughs> that's such a that's a good franchise that one uh, it's class isn't it, it
0: started great and then they just spiraled oh
1: government. you watch yes.
0: them now and they are terrible films not across <laughs> it They're
1: not even funny anymore. You know, back then you thought, oh, that's hilarious. Good old Will Smith. But now you're watching, you think, oh, Jesus Christ, it's so cringe. It's awful. Yeah,
2: completely agree. Completely agree. That's why we will not be reviewing those anytime soon. So, unless I get angry, I do it. But this has pretty much the same cast as. All the other films. Um, so if you want to, the cast, I'm not going to read it out because I cannot be bothered and I'll get most of the names wrong. So go on IMDB and have a look at the cast because it's all on there. <laughs> I will say that Monica Belushi is in this film and if you Jeez. can, the scene she's in, if you can look at anything else apart from what's obvious on the screen, I give you a lot of credit.
1: You're have a better man that. than
2: us. <laughs> oh, much better or man. Woman. Much better. Or woman, yes. Or woman but um yeah she is absolutely stunning a fantastic actress absolutely brilliant
1: fantastic Should... actress yes with
2: yes support yeah. oscar <laughs> so many won. assets
1: she's got yeah
2: <laughs> amazing incredible so her
1: skills yeah
2: so this film starts where the last one left off where neo Um, he killed or he destroyed the kind of sentinels outside of Zion, outside of the Matrix, and he collapsed because of it, and we had Bane as well, sadly not from Batman I wish we were watching that but he collapsed, and Agent Smith has taken over his body, and no one can work that out, even when later on in the film when he speaks like Agent Smith and does such a good impersonation (laughs) that they don't realise that something is wrong, I should imagine when Bane speaks in real life he probably sounds like a bit of a douchebag and a bit of an idiot. So when he <laughs> kind of speaks yeah. very eloquently, like Agent Smith, and speaks in kind of riddle and rhyme, that, that the fact they don't sus, something is wrong. Especially those who have come face to face with him. I know most of them don't live, but they still didn't tweak, did they?
1: No. No. no that, th- yeah, I have to kind of agree with you, to be honest, on that point. When they're having that, it's a lot later on in the film, isn't it? But
2: Yeah it's a bit strange but at the start of it and you Neo, know, i'll be throwing a lot of questions your way uh, because you are the kind of you're the morpheus of this you're, you're the neo or if you want to be the trinity you can be the trinity if you want it depends what you want to wear at the time
1: depends well, what you want to see me in institute to be
2: honest well okay trinity
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: at the start I'm of it why <laughs> <Yeah, Duncan laughs> <Bass.
2: I'm> could <coming laughs> your way but what it does when they're on the spaceship and hmm. that they're, they're looking um for niobe aren't they who is kind of who's absent at the moment
0: mm-hmm.
2: and why does morpheus tell his colleagues just send out a search for neo in the matrix when neo is on the slab in in the spaceship why does he do that i don't understand it
1: today because he's in a coma isn't he on, In yeah. the bed, and there's the life signs uh, are strange when they've got him hooked up. They don't quite match up. So because he believes so much in the one and the fact that he's going to save the humans, I guess he has a hunch that maybe he's found some way to be connected to the matrix, even though he hasn't got the thing in his head because obviously he used his powers didn't he, to destroy the Sentinels outside of the matrix. So
2: That's how I took it. Yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't know. I mean, I I was speaking to Rav before we were recording about this as to to what it was, and it's kind of I don't know. I think a lot of this is left open for interpretation by the Hmm. the viewer, isn't it? Whether there's like a right or wrong answer, I'm I'm really not too sure.
1: The the thing is with it is that no one does know because it's never happened before. If you see what I mean, so Morpheus is so, you know. He, he believes so highly in the one and the prophecy that he can't look past it. He's almost blinded by it, isn't he? So, you know. Yeah.
2: He, he really is blinded by it. And I was um, saying to Rav, I mean, this uh, Matrix 101, it's written so, so well. Um, I'd hmm. love to know who did it. And if you he did do it, listen to his podcast, then credit to you. But it's broken down into. Um, Like, the ending. The ending's explained. So I was like, well, what the F is that all about? And then it's broken down, so what's changed? And it talks about the Oracle's gamble. And Mm. it talks about the five previous um, Matrix before this, and they're in, like, the sixth version of the Matrix. Yeah. And uh, the the Oracle has kind of... She's found the perfect candidate in Neo... um, and it's her, she's the one who's kind of gambling and pointing Neo in like various directions, but not actually yeah. giving him the answer. And what she wants is peace. And she's kind of, kind of antis the balance against what the architect does. And, yeah. and, and it becomes apparent that through this film, through conversations from her, that it's like agent Smith is the baddie. that everything else is pushed aside. And, And it's kind of all of that I didn't understand because it isn't explained, and it's and that's what I mean when it's kind of left open for interpretations as to what this film could be about. It's and I think that was that's the frustration as I watch it.
1: Well, it's the thing, isn't it, that this has happened six times, well five times before, and like it alludes to in the second one, he's the. Neo in the second one is the first one to ever make that choice of rather than saving the Matrix, he saves Trinity. He saves the person he loves. And that's why this series of events has never happened before. So the Oracle will only tell them what they she wants to tell him to try and point Neo to make the right choices so he can become the one. Because he's always the one. But if he might, doesn't make the right choices, he can't learn the right lessons and then get his powers and realise who he is, if you see what I mean. Um,
0: and yeah,
2: but it's, I don't know. It's Because it, the next scene is when they're at the train station, mm. and that's when you see the little girl, that sat and She's with her parents. And just watching this, but she's obviously... Um, she's going to be looked after by the oracle and you meet her parents who are two programs. And and that is pointed out by Neo. You're, you're a program. Yeah. And this has kind of a profound impact on Neo. The fact that he's talking to his programs and for the first time that when it isn't him, when he's not talking to Trinity, that these programs have evolved and learned to love this other program who hasn't got a part to play in the matrix um they love her like a daughter and yeah. uh, and that's quite a major part of this film that he learns and but that kind of without watching it and without understanding it and reading it where well, someone else has explained what that scene meant i never got it even though i watched it multiple times i just thought well she's just a little girl who wants to get to the matrix and her family want to get her out of there because something's happening uh, and i she's, think by try, by trying to be so smart i think they lose a lot of it. The,
1: the Matrix is the Matrix. They're, when they're, they are in the Matrix, the problem is, like, like they try and explain, certain certain programs don't need to exist anymore, so they get erased. Yeah. And they're trying to save her from being erased, hence why they're going to, she's being taken to the Oracle so she can be looked after.
2: Yeah, and I take it the whole part of that was just to show the audience that programs can love. Well,
1: in in their terms, and I know I'm talking a lot here. Sorry, Rav. No, uh, it's okay. Is, I'm,
0: I'm learning as well. I'm learning as well.
1: The fact is, love is just a human word. It's the fact that you have feelings and care for someone, and or you don't want that person to be erased because you know them and have you know have formed a relationship with them. You know, everyone, every sentient being has always had that. You know, animals have that. You see that, you know, let's take it for an instance if a dog lives with another dog for their entire life and then the other dog, one dog dies, the other one mourns for it, doesn't it? You can see it. Would you say that dog loved that other dog? Do they know what love is or is that just the word for love? You know, we've just made that word. And you've got to remember these computer programs are artificial intelligence. So
2: they are, in in essence, beings. Yeah, well, and I think the, the reflection they're trying to have on this is that he learns that machines, that he can reason with machines, and I, and that because he he believes or that he can reason, which is why he goes to that Juexex, um, whatever it's called, that the machine at the end, it's got some stupid name, Juexex Macia. And reasons with that and bargains with that over Agent Smith, where he wouldn't have done it before if he didn't think he could reason with machines who do have kind of a conscience.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's ever happened before, because usually he would have chosen the other door, gone through it, and the Matrix would have been reset. because but I would never have got that, that if, I
2: wouldn't have, if, if I wouldn't have read this like a thick a thicko's guide. <laughs> I would never have got it.
1: You might, so, yeah, but... That's the thing, though, isn't it? You know, I've 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 only ever watched these films. I've never read any guides or anything, but because I've obviously invested in it, and to be fair, someone listening to this podcast might think Neil, you're talking absolute shit, and that's not what's happening at all. But this how is how i have taken on it. How? You know, but it's true, though, isn't it? Because it's just my interpretation of how it. Following the films, and I've watched them numerous times. That's that's how I've sort of come to those conclusions. So ultimately this has never happened before and the machine at the end is artificial intelligence and as we will allude to later on and discuss because we will rip this to pieces and tell it from everything he's the only one that can end it whichever way around it went whichever door he went through neo is the only one that can end it and the art the artificial intelligence the person that runs it all that he speaks to at the end whatever you think of how they is portrayed is another conversation but that he knows that he's only got one choice he either lets agent smith do what he's doing knowing he can't stop it or he trusts in neo to try and get be able to get the job done
2: yeah i mean did you kind of ever think when you watch these rav do you just go with the flow do you get it or where do you sit with regards to your position in this
0: I mean, it's, like I said, the first film, it was something out of the blue, something completely brand new, and you, you kind of bought into it because they used, without insulting anyone, they used simple language to navigate you through the world. The second film kind of did that. The third film, they just became very heavily entrenched in, and like I said to you before, I'm sure you, became heavily entrenched in symbolism and and just it became very convoluted in some of the conversations that were had. And I, I can, I can, I, I'm not sure if it was in this one I can't remember. Now. It's all like all fall into one now for me for some reason. For mind fart for a second. Uh, where he has a conversation <laughs> with the architect in that room. That's the, that's the
1: second one to end second the one. Second Yeah, one. sorry.
0: Uh, that's the one. So yeah, same, same with the second one. It's just like you, you've done this because of this, like, cause and effect. Cause and effect. Okay, right, fine. But if explained to me, In a a simple manner, what's going on? Um, Some films, I do, you know, if if I'm invested into it in the film, then I kind of get the backstory. For example, The the New Dune, because I'm invested in it and I've read the books, I've read the first book, Um, I'm kind of invested in it, so I know exactly what's going on. But then someone who hasn't done that, or like you said, you you had to get put out a manual. Like, what's what does he mean by this? How is that affecting this? Like, for example, he's able to destroy the um the machines just by you know pointing at it. It's like, how and like Morpheus said, you know, searching the matrix, but but how he's not jacked in? How is how do you know this is happening? And that's what kind of put me away from you know, partly away from this film, which is like, that's just you know, you're just making up bullshit for the sake of bullshit.
2: yeah.
1: I don't, I don't yeah, that's really, an yeah. opinion but the fact is yeah. the second one he came out of the matrix with the powers that he has or some of the powers that he has in the matrix that's how Agent Smith came out of the matrix he found a way to imprint himself onto a human brain because that's like James constant.
0: said
1: it's a human brain is just like a computer just it's a oh, yeah, one yeah. rather yeah. than a, a, a thingy one and at the end of the day this film is sci-fi it's exactly the same as it's a it's it's a Star Trek in the sense of it's nerdy as fuck. But they don't all wear silly uniforms. And it's like Star Wars, it's like any other star it's sci fi. You have to you know, you have to sort of give it this chance of listening to it and saying, Well, yeah, we all know this could never happen, but that's the point. It's a fantasy. And, you know, I can understand you either understand it or you don't or you like it or you don't and that's that's you know a, a choice you make and I completely sort of get that but you know sci fi sci fi is of course it's make believe. And you know I I have no issue I don't I don't struggle understanding this film because I'm interested in it. If you aren't interested in it, then you will often not 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 want to understand it, but your brain it struggles to take it in. Switches off because you have more important yeah. things that you want to have in your brain than understanding a film that you're not particularly interested in. Bish yeah, fingers. I, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Do you see my point? You know, yeah. it's like I I don't like Star Trek. I can't stand it. I've never liked it, and I could sit there all day listening to it, and it would all go through one ear into out of the other, with all the jargon they talk and yeah. I suppose to some people this is that for them
0: yeah, yeah. Just, just like yourself I mean, I, I just don't get Star Wars it, it never really appealed to me but then again it's the exact same like you're, like you're saying Neil like you don't get Star Trek which I, I kind of get Star Trek but then yeah. I don't get Star Wars so I just don't understand it so it, it's like you said it swings around at us isn't it it is,
1: it is and obviously I know this is quite heavy
0: on information and, and stuff like that
1: and it's very nerdy and I think that's the thing you either enjoy that kind of element and if you're invested in the story and you want to know where it goes then you will sort of concentrate and not you know your eyes won't go cross-eyed and you won't start like Stu said start thinking about fish fingers you'll (laughs) sit there and you'll sort of take it in and be excited about oh where is this going to take me and stuff and I think that's, you know, it made an absolute ton of money. So there's obviously plenty of people out there that were interested in that. Whether they thought that at the end of the film, we don't know, do we? No. Yeah.
2: But no, it's, I mean, as you say, I think you guys are both spot on on the side of the fence that you're you're on. And it's uh it's quite interesting. I mean, you could talk about this for absolutely hours, but <laughs> when he's at the train station, it's he's kind of he's left in limbo the train station the train is the way back into the matrix and as i said you've got his family there wanting to get back into the matrix um with uh Satie, their their program their daughter uh and they can't get on there because you've got who is he the train driver who won't let you go on the train and it's his world it's his program that he set up um and he answers to the uh, neil tell me his name the Murgabian.
1: Yeah, he's, he's the Frenchman, isn't That's he? That's how
2: you pronounce it. Yeah, um, and he was the one in who we saw. If um, the listeners remember, in number two, when he had the two twins, the two clones, the ghosts yes. um, with the dreads. So, and if we learned that he's extremely powerful. Um, played by Lambert Wilson, who's a who's a singer, He's got quite a good voice. I listened to him on YouTube. I was quite surprised. He's quite mm. talented, um, and he won't let. You let the family on the train, but you won't let um, uh, Neo go on the train back in. And then it flips back to where you've got Morpheus and your Trinity speaking to the Oracle. And again, it's kind of all very wordy and quite heavy. And basically, it's a case of you go and see uh, the Murgovian and basically go and free Neo. Yeah. And make a deal with him. And that leads to. A scene which is really, really reminiscent. And also, um, I forgot they take, um, is it, God, what is his name? It's um, Surfer, Surfer, the Chinese guy, the one who kicks everyone's ass, who's really, yeah. really. or, or yeah. Seraph, isn't it? Seraph. It's the
1: one that protects the Oracle, basically. Yeah, yeah.
2: Bruce Lee yeah. in The Matrix. Yeah, Seraph.
1: Basically, yeah.
2: So Trinity Morpheus and Seraph, go and see um, the, the Mega Ravian. I can't even, it's such stupid fucking names. Why can't I be called <laughs> Barry? You know what I mean? Barry goes to see Wayne and Bob and Steve's there as well with Dave. It'd be so much easier than these stupid Hello, bloody names. But, and this, the scene when they go and see him is really reminiscent of the first one when they walk in there um, and the famous gun scene with the waifu and everything else. Mm. But isn't it funny, I, I don't know if they did this on purpose, when they're chasing a uh, the guy on the underground, the way they're running is really, really strange, it's almost as if they're all on conveyor belts, and they're just running, it's a, it just, it's strange, I, I just noticed it, I don't know if that's intentional, um, <sighs> like a matrix front, it just looks, wasn't it? Oh, it's just strange.
0: It? It's very inception because they, they, they do that in Inception as well, don't they?
2: Yeah it is really weird and they end up at this kinky S&M club and again why is everything in this why, why are the people always wearing like S&M bondage gear and I know we spoke about this before it's what they want to wear it's what they choose to wear in the Matrix but everyone in the Matrix must be into like masochism.
0: Probably, maybe that's why discount. I like it so much <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, there we go <laughs> We have it here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit.
1: Shit. I just announced that on the internet. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like, terrible. <terrifying. laughs> <laughs> Discovering the real you, yeah. You know the real me, Stew, and so I do you, Raph, So don't, you. don't even, <laughs> even fucking try, and think.
2: Oh, yeah. I'll spend the night with both of you guys. It's uh, Exactly. It's been always very entertaining, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so. Uh, The train comes, and as I said before, he's not allowed on the train. And and I do like the part when he thinks, like anyone else would, I'm going to run down the train line through the tunnels and make my way there. And he just ends up back where he was. I like that. I thought that was very good. But, yeah, the fight in the club, really, really good fight, just at the right time when the film, for me, is getting quite heavy wordy Mm. that they have some really good action. And it is virtually the same. The room's virtually the same size as they fight in. And again, it's people running up the walls. But it's really good. I don't know what you guys thought of this. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's a good action. You are right. It's very reminiscent of the other other fights. There's nothing sort of groundbreaking in it, if you like. It's, it's more of the same. But I don't know how you sort of up the ante in these films now. Because it's, like you say, it's kind of been done. But yeah. it's still very enjoyable.
0: Like you said, Stuart, it kind of broke up the, the dialogue so something else happening on screen other than dialogue
2: yeah I think you needed it just at that time and and I I think it's still very stylish though and I think Mm. that's what this film always keeps to being really really stylish and I love the arrogance of the um, Murugovian whatever his fucking name is (laughs) I really really (laughs) do like the way he's so confident and when he's on the screen he really kind of make sure he's the center of attention that everyone listens to him and you get the, the feeling and you can see just how powerful he is mm. and, uh, and you can also see the hatred especially from trinity from when yeah. um, monica Bellucci kissed neo there really is that tension in the air when these guys always meet up isn't there
0: oh
1: definitely they all hate each other don't
2: they yeah And it's really good. And
1: Mm. he
2: comes up with a deal that he'll bring Neo out if if, um, he's brought the eyes of the Oracle, which was obviously never going to happen. Trinity obviously loses her shit like she's going to. (laughs) Good on her. Yeah. She really doesn't give a toss. And she puts a gun to his head. And it's interesting enough. The next scene is the train turning up and Neo jumping on the train. So. After that, once Neo's out, Neo goes back and sees the Matrix, and by this time, Sat is with, sorry, goes back to the Oracle, and is yeah. with the Oracle. And I do like the fact that it was pointed out last time that um, due to the sad um, death of the previous lady who played the Oracle, that they brought a new one in, and they kind of bring it that because of what's happened previously, even she had to change who she was, didn't she? Yes, she
1: had to change her form. Yeah,
2: yeah that's, I like yeah, nice. I thought that was really good. But when they have their conversation it's only the the kind of the lines really um about kind of things that beginning have to have an end that that she says to him that kind of really strikes a note. And it's the same line used by Agent Smith at the end of it, which kind of rings true when he knows that it's not Agent Smith, it is the oracle saying these words. Which leads him to do what he does. Mm. But apart from that, I I found this conversation a lot of. Well, do you or you might see what you think. You know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I get it. uh, Do you know what I think? The Oracle thing is as fun as it is. It's and I, you know, I love this film, but it's become a bit tiresome because we all know that the Oracle will only answer questions with a question yeah because she needs him and everybody else to make up their own make up their own mind if you see what i mean she, she's yeah. not going to tell you what to do or what is going to happen she's just going to allude to certain things she's not going to give you a direct answer and she, yeah even i was at the point of like just go away now of it's is annoying bit, isn't it i'm getting a bit fed up with you asking a question saying ah oh, but is it though or ooh, it's oh just imagine if he no. did that
2: <laughs> on the podcast it would be like i thought it was a really good scene neil i thought it was so powerful what about you well stuart depends what power is are you powerful <laughs> like, well, no just fucking
1: answer the question I would answer the question, but then that would give the answer away, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Best for you to figure out what I feel. We'd have yeah.
2: one viewer, and it would be about three minutes long the podcast, because we'd all get really pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> Jesus, and you think, yeah, I sound really smart, so i just answer a question with a question. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's how you sound smart, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Or is it? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, I was quite surprised when um, Sarah takes um, Saty away because she knows that Agent Smith is coming. She's obviously seen what's going to happen. Um, so she's that's why she's not scared. And when um, Sephra takes Saty away, I was a bit disappointed that I would like to have seen a fight scene with Sephira and Agent Smith. that would have been really entertaining. But they didn't do that and you soon learn that he's just taken over Sephira. Um and I don't know why he didn't take over Um Sati. Why didn't he or did he do that? Because you don't see it, do you? When he like morphs into oh. these characters. Uh, I don't
0: I don't. Was that this yeah, bit?
2: Because he takes her away and they kind of go in various rooms and say, he says, well, he's following us. There's nowhere to go. And suddenly they're in a room surrounded by Agent Smith's. And then it just cuts away back to um, the agents or all the Agent Smith's again talking to the Oracle, who knows what's going to happen. And he too. even says that to her, that, you know, what is going to happen. And she just doesn't care because she's got the plan at the end of the film what's going to happen.
0: I can only assume, in fact, that because um, the other guy was, he, he was more powerful and he had more influence than someone like Sati did, that he would have been a better choice to take over. Because yes, yeah. he was directly linked to the, the Oracle, wasn't he? Yeah. And Saty wasn't so much.
2: Because he always says that I protect what uh, matters most. And it's, is this, uh, this time, is it that Sati matters most and not the Oracle? and that's why it's gone off with her, or I honestly don't know. Or maybe he didn't understand the oracle because she answers a question with a question, so he thought, I sod this, I'm just
0: going.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, before this, don't they, because they go back to the Everkinesa, don't they?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And they all wake up and start chatting, and then that's when Smith comes in, doesn't he? And he obviously, um, yeah, I I suppose he doesn't feel that the girl's important, I suppose she, he just thinks that, you know, she's just a, another sort of lost program, if you mm. like, and isn't going to be a danger. But the main person he's after is obviously the Oracle, isn't he? Because yeah. he wants to get her and get her out of the way and take her over so he can sort of fight, <laughs> figure out who, you know, know her, what she knows. Yeah, because he
2: can now see what the Oracle can see, which is why he does yeah. that really weird laugh and he takes his glasses off, which he he never does yeah Uh, so uh, but that's what the oracle wants him to see isn't it
1: yeah you don't realize at the time but yeah he she's happy for him to be to take her over basically
2: yeah yeah definitely and then you get the scene after that which we spoke about earlier with bane on the uh nebuchadnezzar or whatever spaceship it is Mm. talking exactly like Agent Smith. Yeah. And he does fair play to him. He does a good impression, doesn't he? He does.
0: He
1: does. I'm trying to think. I suppose, yeah, Trinity and Morpheus are in this room, and he's talking exactly like Agent Smith, isn't he? And they just don't have a clue. And that is a that is a, a weak point, isn't it? Definitely.
2: Yeah. It's, they've let themselves down. They're better than yeah. that, end of the day. And yeah. they're really embarrassing. Yeah. So, and... So there is a fucking hell of a lot of waffle that goes on in between this of lots of absolute nonsense that I'm really, really not interested in. But it does come down to the fact that and the one thing that is a constant in these films is that Neo always sticks by his beliefs, regardless of what... The, he could be outnumbered 100 to 1, but if he believes it, he'll quietly say out loud of his point of view and why he believes it. And in front of everyone, he's backing. Um, Neo to go, because Neo wants to take his own spaceship and go, um, because he knows he needs to go to Machine City, Yeah, and uh, even um, Niobe, who's kind of not ever really been a believer, but because of her feelings for Morpheus, I think, that she agrees to let um, him take the spaceship, and whilst they're discussing that, Bane kills that lady with no name badge, the nurse who knew she was going to die. She was the only one in that room at that time who must have thought this person isn't dangerous. And I'm quite happy for him to be sitting with a scalpel. She deserved to die. She was a complete (laughs) idiot.
1: It's it's stupid, isn't it? Because, you know, he's woken up. They believe that he's blown up the other ship in the second one. Hence, they found him unconscious (laughs) Yeah, they're both sat there and she's got the needle and explained to him, we're going to inject, I'm going to inject you with this and it's going to tell, you're going to tell us the truth. Now, if he is a fucking criminal, you're not going to tell him that that's what you're going to no. do and not have him sort of, you know, restrained in some way on yeah. your own. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a massive plot hole, isn't it? You could tell what was going to happen a mile off. Yeah.
0: Unless yeah. that's that's that was for the audience purposes. That's the reason why they've done that. Oh massively. But it just mm. it's it's Yeah, it weak. makes no sense. It makes yeah, no yeah. sense.
1: It's, you know, I understand why they've done it, but it's very weak, isn't it? it because is. no one would ever do that. No, it's it's so exciting. Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in you so you tell me what the truth is. No you're not. Mm. Um, I'm going to stab you, actually.
2: Uh, yeah. Goodbye. Once I'm doing <laughs> this, could you just hold this uh, scalpel for us?
1: Yeah, of course I will. No worries. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't stab you, I promise. Yeah, it's fine. It's
2: fine. And another thing that I didn't get was straight after that scene was that Neo and Trinity are there, and he's with her, and he says, Look, just this mission that I'm going to go on, the chances are I'm not going to come back from this. Mm. And it's a one way mission. And she's like, Well, that's why I loved you. That's why I believed in you. And they hug yeah and then they get in a spaceship together and i thought well why would you have that conversation with someone you're going to fly away with in the same spaceship i thought they were going to go in separately
1: no no she says doesn't she she says that she wants to go with him she's not going to leave him there's no way
2: i bet he was really pissed off i bet he thought all i want is some alone time and you (laughs) fucking ruin that
1: (laughs) yeah ever since i've met you you've been so clingy (laughs) For fuck's sake! <laughs> I was quite happily sitting in my train station. You still came there and to get me out.
2: Exactly. Now, I'm yeah.
1: Fly on my own. You won't let yeah. me. go. Just put
2: my buds in, put some music on, <laughs> and just fly. And I can't even have peace and quiet. So yeah, yeah okay. but he does say goodbye to everyone, and despite the fact that everyone is suspicious of Bane, they still don't check where he is, and only when they find that lady dead that they realise that he was a baddie dun, dun, dun. No, no, yeah, yeah. and that he has escaped and he yeah. is on the ship. Um, again, three is a crowd that even he ruins Neo's peace and quiet when he holds Trinity hostage. And I mean, they do have a bit of a fight and I was surprised that when I watched this because, I didn't think it would go the way it went. I thought it would be a case of either Trinity is going to kill Bane or Neo is going to kill Bane and they'll both Mm. go to Machine City together. But it was really weird that he kind of got this massive electric cable and shoved it in Neo's face and blinded him. And then it gave a demonstration, which Neil is going to explain. (laughs) <laughs> of, he can see like in the Matrix of everything on fire and he can see the true form of Agent Smith as Bane and Neo then goes and kill him. So how can outside the Matrix he sees like a Matrix form of Agent Smith and everything else? How does that work out?
1: <laughs> Do you know what? I'd love to be able to really explain it to you, Stu, but, you know, I'd be I'd be doing what James did the other time and trying to explain something when I don't actually know what it, what's going on. Do
2: you know what I Again, thought you were going to say? What? I thought you were going to say, I'd love to explain it to you, Stu, but you're too stupid, it's too <laughs> late, and I haven't got the energy.
1: I guess the fact is, because he's taken... The way I looked at it was that he's obviously taken some of his abilities out of the Matrix. And obviously, Agent Smith has imprinted himself onto Bane. So... In essence, he can he can see him for who he is because he's he's not blinded by his human sight. If you see what I mean, which is all very lardy dar, but that's that's how I see it. It's very godlike, isn't it? Very it is, harsh. and I guess he is the Messiah, not just a naughty little boy. <laughs> you know, yes, <it's, laughs> you know. If you wouldn't have said it; I would have. <laughs> uh, exactly, I had to and he's not out to play he's <laughs> <laughs> a very naughty boy yeah <laughs> No. so you know like I say it's, it's sci-fi isn't it so you have to sort of you have to sort of go along with the story that they're trying yeah. to tell but yeah basically because he's lost the vision of his, his human eyes if you like he has he's got this ability to read heat and electrical pulses and everything else I guess and yeah Almost instead of his normal sight, what did you think well, of this young Ravlo?,
0: like, like, as I said to you earlier, just all, same thing about this as exhaust you. Uh, if all it would have taken was five minutes to say right, let 's take you to the med bay let let's shove something in the back of your skull, which is, almost acts like an antenna into the matrix, so you can see best of both worlds, and that would have solved that entire issue. Yeah. Of how he's able to see all this because like like neil said you have to suspend disbelief to, to to see this but it's just some explanation would have been nice as to how all of a sudden your you yeah your eyesight's been fried but you can still sort of see
2: yeah it's, I, it's, I agree i would have liked to. Uh, i would have liked him to turn round to trinity and say i can see and you know like, well, how can you see you're blind it's just because of blah blah blah. blah, blah. And then yeah, I would have gone, oh, yeah. okay. I know in yeah. a lot of films I knock when they do this for the audience, but in films like this, where you need to be like a, a college graduate to actually <laughs> sit there and enjoy it, and not a thicky like me, that it, it kind of and I, I do put a lot of effort into these films as into trying to try and understand them. And I, I watch trailers, I watch interviews and I print off stuff to try and understand this rather than just go into it and go, it's shit, I'm not even going to give it a chance <laughs> so I don't actually do that, even though sometimes I sound it I really do put a lot of work into trying to understand um, films like this.
1: We know, Stuart, and I wasn't saying that earlier, what I was saying is that you know, sometimes if, if you're not interested in any subject or you find the subject dry or difficult and this goes to anybody it doesn't matter how much you try Often your brain will just go, no, I'm sorry.
2: I agree. Oh, I am like I'm that not. with this film.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's my point. You know, I know how much effort and time you put into every single one of these podcasts. And I often commend you for it. But ultimately, if, if you're not, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. And like I said, your brain will just not allow you to fill it with stuff that you're not interested in. It's, yeah. it's just it's human nature isn't it i mean this film is very much you have to just sort of take it on the on the value that the prophecy is true he is going to get to where he needs to get to and it's just a journey and his his powers are you know they're evolving as it goes along he loses his sight so his matrix powers have taken over so he can see the real world like he does the matrix
2: yeah no, i completely agree mate honestly yeah. i do yeah i do um so you've got kind of two stories going on at the moment you've got zion the defense of that when you've got mm-hmm. the sentinels going there and you've got the um trinity and your neo as well going to machine city to try and basically uh, over that save everyone else and i i do like the battle of um zion and The first time I watched this, I kind of thought, oh, this is terrible, this is just a rip-off of Aliens and Machines, but the more, and more I watched this, and I, I noticed different things, um, especially about the machines like drilling through the wall and mm. everything. I mean, special effects sometimes are a little bit, hmm, but I enjoyed it, but I mean, the special effects are great. We've just come off Anaconda, you know what I mean? So (laughs) this was just like a a gift. It really was. It felt like Christmas. But I I do like it, and I like the fight they have. And it goes on for for the right amount of time. Everyone has something to do. Even the commanders, who normally just stand there and give orders, are strapped into these machines, just like um, Ripley got in from Alien. And they're all shooting up to the skies visually, I really like it. I don't know where you guys stand, but I think it's great.
1: I think it's epic. I I think it's one of those sort of really memorable. They've done it really nicely in the sense that you could tell that, you know, this is the end of their world. If you like, they know they're all going to die and it's just hell for leather, isn't it? And there's a contingency plan for everything that they might do and stuff. And i just, the visuals, you know, especially the mech, things that they're walking around in and shooting the ridiculous amount of bullets and stuff. It's, it's very pleasing on the eye. And I found it, you know, the first time I first time I watched it, I found it very tense and exciting.
2: Yeah. I think on the big screen at the cinema, this would have looked absolutely incredible. Yeah. It really would have looked it's just like the game Titanfall, which I love on the Xbox. It's so good when you get in these massive machines mm. and you just fight each other. It's so, so good. I mean, what did you think, Rav?
0: I, yeah, double-edged sword of this one. I thought it was a very good scene, um, but then the whole analytical part of your brain kicks in. And like, and as i have already stated, yeah, suspend disbelief. But why would you not get one out if you know you're fucked? Because the machines are stronger than you, faster than you, more powerful than you guys will ever be. And then, secondly, why the hell would you design a cockpit of a of a walker that's open to everything? Uh, just and all it takes is a machine just to stab you once. That's it. It's Game over. Just the fact that you know the ammunition of those things were very minimal, and plus, this is one thing that also gets me. It's really freaking annoying. They used an EMP um, in the in in the ships before. No issues. Why can't they use EMPs there?
2: Do you know? I really <laughs> like you mentioned the EMP, and I like that, and, and I I love for once. Um, I mean, as we say, you've got um, Nobi who wants to get there. They're racing to get there. They've been chased by the Sentinels to get to Zion to save everyone. And they do get there. And I'll come on to the point of the EMP, Rav, is oh. that um, you do get, I mean, you get the tension. You get Link's wife there and she's fighting as well. As I say, they kind of give it like in the, they do in all of these films. They give someone something to do and they have their moments. And you do get the bit where Nabi smashes through into Zion and lets that EMP go, and all of the Sentinels, they they do just drop down, but what I like was you've had the Captain, or the General, who's been very anti Neo, very anti-Morpheus, all the way through this, and he's kind of been betrayed to a certain extent as a baddie, hasn't he? That every time someone has a practical idea, that he shoots it down, and he has an agenda, but he's spot on for once, he is spot Mm. on And he says, and I really, really like the fact that he has his moment that when they're all patting each other on the back and pulling each other off, that the EMP that they used to save everyone has now disabled all of their communications, all of their weaponry. And now they're just sitting ducks. And I really, really like the fact that it kind of went full circle. I thought that was really well written.
1: Definitely. I I completely agree because that's the thing. You know, know, in what you said, Rav, I get it. You know, why do they stay there? Well, ultimately, it doesn't matter where they go. These millions of machines are going to hunt them down, aren't they? I can understand your, your dislike of the design of the mechs and stuff like that. So that's a taste thing. I think of course, yeah. a massive machine with claw arms, it doesn't matter if it's what you've got in front of you, if it's going to punch through something that's going to kill you. That's my personal opinion. And, you know... The Stu's covered it. If they do use the EMP, which they have to in the end. But ultimately, it's to no avail, is it? It kills the ones that are there, but there's a million more behind it just waiting to come in.
2: Yeah, I I thought that was really, really good. A very smart idea, very well written.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, But it's strange because there's obviously, they're waiting now because, and, and I do like the fact that all the Sentinels go there, and they're even worse this time, even more hungry and they just sit in front of all the humans, just sat waiting for instructions um, from their leader, um, who's Dusex Makana. And they're just waiting to wipe out everyone, which has happened previously, then it's reset again. But I thought it was a bit strange, a bit weak, that when you've got um, Trinity and you've got Neo on their way flying, and no one's ever got this close um, to Machine City, they point that out numerous times. Yes, that is. And, and the, the the way that they do get there is to go above the clouds, and all yeah. of the the kind of the, the, the robots that they they all fall off, and um, the sentinels, and then they land in Machine City. It's so
1: weak a way of doing it. Yeah, it yeah. No, I, I have to agree with you. I do. I suppose how else would they have done it though? Because neo tries to stop the sentinels with his powers doesn't he but there's just mm. too many of them yeah you know, they can't just get out and walk uh so i suppose what else could you do with it but no i do agree it would have been it would have been nice if there was a different way of doing it rather than oh i got to see the sky but there again that's a <laughs> nice that's a nice touch for trinity considering what happens to her uh, when they do crash land and, in the um yes yeah it was nice to city. see the sun
2: on her face yeah i thought that was a lovely touch and visually again i thought it, it looked well i mean and when they do crash land um we I mean, rav were you surprised that trinity at this point had about 10 spikes going through her and that she was dead did that surprise you or not really mate
0: not really because um it, it, it reminded me of serenity and wash I, oh man that's still heartbreak until now um so you, you know it's only going to be it, the, the film is always about Neo, wasn't it? So um, yeah. you have to get rid of dead weight, unfortunately, and then she Ooh. was the dead weight to a certain degree.
2: Oh, you're a heartless beast! You really yeah. are. Trinity dead weight.
0: No, it, it was in this movie. She really was. She just didn't really have much compared to the last two. She, she was almost like a side character to a certain degree.
2: Yeah, and she became. That's I found. Yeah, she became more. I think background. Yeah, background... Which is a
0: shame, because she she could have been such a strong character, strong lead. Like the first movie, she was a really strong lead in that, but this one, just it's put her to the side. It's like, yeah, okay, you're, you're just here because of Neo. She's it.
1: she's Batman's... She's the Robin to him. It's Batman, that's how yeah. I'd say it. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you should have The first cards. one completely opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because he was new to it, isn't it? It's, it yeah, I get what you're saying, Rav. I, yeah, but I suppose maybe a little bit harsh but ultimately it's your your opinion isn't it to say that she's dead
0: weight but you know i suppose but she she was more for the plot that's the reason why he's he's turned this way and and this is the Mm. only way you're going you're going to force the plot forward is by causing more grief for the main character and what what better to have your you know the love interest die just to just to fuel the rage a little bit more
1: but I just, don't, I may, you know, in my personal opinion, I think they, at the end of this film, I think ultimately I don't think they wanted to do another one.
0: No, I think no, they no. wanted to do
1: their trio of films and that was the end, so to speak. So they sort of wanted to end people's stories. If you like, yeah, They thought this a, was a fitting way of Trinity going out as a bit of a hero. Getting yeah, to I think where she could have
0: so much more, though, like, you yeah, know, go on to Machine City and started fighting off while he's in the chair or whatever the case may yeah. be. That would be a fitting end, but this is just like, yeah, here you go, you landed, you're dead. Yeah, Whereby I think Trinity she...
2: is the best when she's kicking ass. I, I really yeah. do agree with Rap. Yeah. I think she's such a strong character, and I think she could have given so much more, but I suppose in a way, on the other side of things, is that it, to a certain degree, lessens the stakes for Neo, because he has lost kind yeah. of Trinity, Nothing who... Yeah, it was that. That was it. So it was. I think if she would have lived, I mean, she would have been stuck anyway in the long run because how would she have got back from Machine City?
1: And so, she would have died instantly anyway. Because let's let's be fair, she's a kick ass. You know, she's an awesome female character in this film, in or out of the Matrix. But she only can kick ass in the Matrix. Yeah. She's yeah. just a person when She'll- it comes to being in the real, real world, and it would have just taken one of those little spider creature things that was walking around to probably stab her in the shin and she would have died anyway. It
0: was, you know, what, it was, what they could uh, have done... Is, sorry, interrupt. What, what they could have done is kept um, a Thingy alive. I can't remember his name, Bane. Kept Bane alive, as in he wasn't killed off by Neo. And then just as Neo's going, you know, being taken to the machine, thing, um, then that could have been the fight between her and him. And that would be a hell of a fitting end, the that, that Neo going to fight Smith in the Matrix, and she's going to fight him here, in the real world. That's a the way they could have done it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. might have yeah. send that. off for her.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with that, Rab. To be honest, I like that that way of doing it. Yeah. To be fair.
2: So Neo goes to see um who they call who's got, again like Deuce Ex Machina, and Ooh. he makes a deal um with this machine. This machine is the one that who's in charge of everything. Mm. And I do like again, visually I think it was quite good. I like the way they get the smaller machines to, that could make a face, a human face, um, that they talk to. I mean I don't know why they needed to do that because yeah. Neil is blind anyway. He can't see fuck all. So I it makes like no odds.
1: I didn't like that at all. For audio no, Yeah. I, I, bit, I really I really didn't enjoy why they would ever do that.
0: Because surely no, it, it,
1: one like your rights do he can't see and two he's a machine and they use humans as fuel. basically as electricity mm. yeah fuel why would you then yeah. make yourself look like one
2: exactly you, have you to face of jeremy beadle
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the little <laughs> hand coming up yeah um, yeah but that it's just it, you know stuff like that visually i suppose it's showing what they could do with the technology they had at the time which is very impressive but ultimately it was it would have been better if it was something just you know a a big creature of you know robot type thing however they look it didn't need to form a human face for me it took took me out of it a little bit at that point
2: yeah i agree i I think it was very clever visually very very good but Mm. it wasn't needed and Mm. so it sets out kind of the, the kind of the next plan, the last plan with you've got the sentinels down there communicating, um, with do sex, up there and you can see like these little radars come out. And again, it's Morpheus who puts down his weapon. Like I'm a hero. I'm going to go out there and talk to them because everything's all right. It's like, I'll oh, piss off yeah. you know, I, that. That was too yeah. much for me. I'd like someone just to smash a nice steak through his stomach and just prove everyone wrong that he's a dick. But, <laughs> Yeah. It's just baggage, at end of the day. And, but they yeah, agree that Morf, um, Neo is going to be plugged into the Matrix by this machine um, to fight Agent Smith because Agent Smith is getting too big because, as he explained previously, he hates humans, he hates machines, and he's taking over everything. And if there aren't any humans, the machines can't survive because there aren't any batteries and vice versa. Mm. And so he's kind of kind of inadvertently, is is purposely destroying everything. So, and we kind of, we don't realise yet, but this is what the Oracle knew would happen, and kind of hinted it would happen, and directed Neo in, um, with a question for a question, and he's going to put himself against Agent Smith, and the agreement is, and it's not explained until the end, but the agreement is, that if you do win, there will be peace in the world and the people who don't know any difference who are plugged into the Matrix will stay there. But the people who don't believe in that fake reality are allowed to leave the Matrix and live free without any fighting. That's the agreement that's made, isn't it?
1: Yeah, basically.
2: But that isn't explained, is it? Uh,
1: no, no, it isn't. All he wants is peace isn't it or neo says he just wants peace as in he just wants zion to yeah i'd like to
2: would have been better if they would have explained that kind of reasoned uh, for me it would have been nice there would have been some odds there something at stake because even they even explain that before it's all the machines are going to take over machines are going to do this and even the oracle says he talking about agent smith so you get the general gist that this going in a different direction with a different baddie, but, yeah, I, but for me it would have been better if they had had a conversation about this, and it would have shown that the machine is actually scared of something, you know, with a well, conscience.
1: He is. he is scared of something anyway, because he's scared of Agent Smith, and he knows But that's that never only, explained, well, it is it? It is. It is because he's turned, Neo, Neo turns around in this conversation and says, "You know." that you cannot do anything without my help to um to try and defeat agent smith so he says you either help me help you and then we can have peace as in you leave zion alone because ultimately all he wants to do at this point is stop from hi- every human that's in zion which is the last surviving city on earth being wiped out like it always has been before and the machine knows that this is his only option, hence why he agrees to do it. So he is scared. He doesn't want to rely on Neo, a human, to do his job, but he knows that he can't. do it. He has no other option.
2: I must have been thinking about Fish Fingers when that happened, honestly. He must <laughs> have been,
1: mate, because, yeah, and I like the fact that they don't go into the grave details of it, because I don't want it to, you know, start writing on a piece of paper and signing what they're going to agree to do, because it's then, after this bit, That quite an enjoyable, though gets a bit wishy-washy in the end, a bit soppy. The conversation between the architect and the oracle at the very end of the film just pieces it all together in a nice little Hmm. package.
2: No, it does. Yeah, I agree with that. I I concur. Rav, what did you think about the fight, the ongoing fight between um, Neo and Agent Smith?
0: Uh, It it started off very well. I liked the whole kung fu basis. Um, You know, it was very good. Well, the scene was very well set out, especially with the where their locations were, pissing down rain, especially as Neo's walking and those Agent Smiths are there, and that one guy like sadly smiling, nodding Agent Smith. That was funny. Um, Hmm. But then it just (laughs) it just turned silly. And it just turned. I, I can see it going that way, but especially from the last movie, when he did the whole Superman takeoff. But then it just turned silly with this. Like, I don't. What's going on right now?
2: Yeah, I, I thought a lot of this fight was done, was choreographed for the visual effects really well. only. Yeah. When they kept smashed into each other, and the water would explode, it'd be a massive circle. Then the water would fall down. I don't know whether this was done in three D, and that was for the purpose of it, but it was. No, I don't think so. You don't think so?
1: I don't think it was done in 3D. I, can't, I don't recall it being 3D. But.
2: Yeah, but it was just too much flying together. Explosion flying together. Explosion. It's like, I've seen this before. They've done this so many times before. Yeah. It was, I, I kind of, I got a Very bit Dragon Ball. fatigued. So. I,
1: I I get what you're saying. I definitely, I think it went on for too long. Like a, and this is the thing with a lot of films like this, isn't it? The fight scenes are very, very good. But like Rav just said with Dragon Ball, as, as fun as it is and as it, things can go on for too long, and I think yeah. this fight lasts for a good, I don't know even know how long it lasts for. It feels like it lasts for about 15 minutes. It probably isn't anywhere near that long, but it, you know, it could have been cut down by half, been enjoyable. Yeah. You could just still put some of those visual effects in because they are quite clever with the rain and everything like that. I quite enjoyed it. But again, that's obviously just my opinion of it. But yeah, I, I do agree in the sense of we've seen most of this before, and it just goes on for far too long. I did like a bit out. when he was
2: dropped down when they flew down really fast, and it was outside the Continental Hotel. Going back to John Wick, I thought that was yeah <laughs> <laughs> quite a nice touch. But I liked it when they were in that crater in the floor, and when Agent Smith was actually talking. To Neo, that's when I enjoyed it the most. When mm. he couldn't understand why Neo was getting up, and the fact that he had a choice because he's a machine and he doesn't see choices. It's yeah. either they're kind of they're commands. They're not choices, yeah. and that's that's kind of the start of his downfall of his ignorance as well with having the Oracle inside him. And it's when he beats him when um, and when he kind of says to him about everything that starts must have an end. And he, that's when Neo lets him, because I didn't get this again, at first viewing, I just thought he's, he's beaten Neo and that's it. But he obviously, when he takes over his body, it's the whole plan and the Oracle and everything else inside Agent Smith just makes him explode. And I didn't get that, but having seen that now and understood it more, for me i benefited and i enjoyed it a lot more the ending of this film i thought it was a very clever ending i know it's going to surprise you neil but i thought it was very good
1: (laughs) yeah well that's the thing you know it is clever and it all comes together doesn't it quite nicely that's the whole point every character seems to have their point and purpose and you know it's yeah i mean i like the fact that obviously when he does take over him doesn't he neo dies and then it goes back to the real world and the machine, you're going to have to remind me of his name, Stu, because I know you love saying it. What well, a two-sex mechanic. Yeah, he brings him back to life, doesn't he, in the real yeah. world. And that's what then infuses him to be able to be empowered to blow up Agent Smith that he's just been taken over. And obviously that sort of breaks that chain of events that he doesn't yeah, have all his control yeah. anymore.
2: That's it. Once he's got control of him, yeah, he's yeah. able to to destroy him, which yeah, I thought was clever.
1: So it was it was clever in the way he did it because Agent Smith won, but in doing what he did, he lost because he didn't yeah. realize that he was obviously plugged into the main source of the Matrix, and they it shows. I suppose it shows the AI machine that's taken over the world that humans and robots working together in harmony blah, 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 is actually beneficial yeah. rather than using them as cattle and
2: mm. trying to wipe them and out. It, and this comes back to the Oracle, the plot that the Oracle had from the beginning, yeah. which was a very dangerous game to play, wasn't it? There's a lot at stake with this.
1: Well, that's why it's not worked the five times previously. She clearly no. keeps using the same idea and hoping that, that her, you know the person that she chooses, i.e. Neo, will make the right choices, which, this is the one that that has. Yeah. Which, like you say, it's a very dangerous game, because they said how many times, you know, when they have the conversation, you know, how many times are we going to do this sort of merry dance and stuff like that between the Oracle and the, um, the architect and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think it puts a lot more things uh, into a clear understanding. And, yeah. and it's great to see Agent Smith finally die, and Everyone in Zion is free and it ends. And I, I do like it when the Oracle uh, the Architect, as you said, Neil, walks up to the Oracle and basically says, you played me. And <laughs> I, I thought that was really, really good because the Oracle is obviously incredibly smart um, and there is peace. Um, and it kind of, everything is... Reset and I, I just thought it was great. What did you think Rev
0: I think it, it, it tied up the story quite well right at the end um, the whole conversation, and you kind of like like Neil said earlier, it, you kind of see where they were going you know, these these are the rules of the game, these weapons be loses, so I think it, it tied up quite nicely definitely
2: yeah, definitely it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see where because obviously it's been left that there is that freedom now, there is that freedom of choice that people want um and they can kind of do what they want so in the matrix uh the fourth one um of where they're going to carry it on Whoa. and what's actually gone wrong to bring uh neo back into this because uh, it'll be really really interesting to see what they do to, just just to see if they do need that film because it could go so badly wrong it, the trailer looks good but are they going to try and pad it out and make it so complicated for a film that they really, really didn't need?
0: I think it's living off nostalgia. Basically. Yes. I think. Just like uh, most of the new stuff that's coming out, it's living off nostalgia.
1: It's it, We've said this a million times on this podcast, probably, and we probably sound like a broken record. But to me, unless they do this well and they explain it and in a good way. And like you say, should, it shouldn't be in this ridiculously convoluted way. And it shouldn't also be that it's just like nothing's happened, but Hollywood have this thing or the movie industry have this thing where they've got an excellent product. And, you know, whether you like it, the three films and all this sort of thing as a whole, they always have to have another nibble, don't they? And yeah. most of the time it's really not worth it. And I really I, I'm very sceptical if this is actually gonna be any good at all, the fourth one. I'm very apprehensive about watching it. I will do but I, I don't have a lot of faith that it will actually be any good.
2: No. Have you seen the trailer, Rev? I've
0: I've seen snippets of the new trailer. Um I I'm not too sure what to make of it, just like Neil said. It's it all depends on whether they're and again, this is another indicative of Hollywood's if they're appealing to the um I can say I can't say it nicely, social justice. Yeah. If, if they start appealing to that, then it's gonna go down the pan. If they're if they do like um I haven't seen it yet, but from what the reviews I hear, like speaking to you, to Ghostbusters, then yeah. I think they can do quite well in it. But it all depends on the director. I know it's uh, Wachowski again, Wachowski's again. But yeah. it all depends on you know, that that was, was ten years ago. So what's what's changed in their ideology when they first made Matrix to now?
2: 2003, isn't it, yeah. it? This one. So, so it's more than that eighteen
0: uh, years ago. Yeah. Is it eighteen Jeez, Okay. Yeah.
1: That's the thing, you know. Eighteen years is a long time for a franchise oh, yeah. which, like you said, Rav, nostalgia wise, you know, I look at these films and you know, around when they made these films, you know, I was in my late teens, early twenties. So, you know, very influential on in in relation to that. And I like things left with the way they are because I yes. don't want my my feelings around that thing ruined. And my feeling is that I've seen it too many times. Robocop, why did you touch that? It was a pile of crap. Yes. Uh Total Recall, absolute pile of crap. Uh, Blade Runner, again, awful. And you see these films, and they keep trying to bring it back out again. It's like, just leave it alone. Definitely.
0: You know, just,
1: just leave it alone. It's had its time, and let's all enjoy it for what it was.
0: I think it's it comes back to the whole thing of they've run out of ideas. Mm. And and they're, they're trying to, to bring back something which... New made money, and ultimately, let's face it, it's all about making money. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the reason why they do these films. But they're running out of ideas, new ideas, and they're bringing back old films to think, right? Can we rekindle the money that we had back then? I mean, there's plenty of stories out there which are fresh and new, but a, nobody wants to put any faith in them because it's a, it's a gamble, and it is a gamble. I'm not going to lie, it's a gamble. Yeah. And b, it's just. Is anyone going to be interested in it? Well, some a lot of people are going to be interested in it because it's something new. It's just like the whole James Bond thing. you know. Don't make James Bond female. It's a male character. Just bring a female character into the world and have her own series. Yeah, Th- That's what they should do. But, you know, it's, yeah, they know more than we do. They make the money, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, the thing is, it's just interesting when you say gamble, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but then – you know, we've reviewed film recently. Halloween, the original one, complete gamble. You know, how many times have we sat there and we've watched it and basically studios haven't touched it and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that because it, oh it's too much of a risk. Oh no, we don't think anyone will like that. And funnily enough it turns out to be worth millions. Star Wars, for instance. Star Wars, yeah. You know, yeah, that's a point in case. No one would touch that with a barge pole and it ended up making him an absolute you know, he's it ended up a billionaire, didn't he? Because yeah. so
0: it was Star Trek,
1: you know. These that's the thing. Often, are they too afraid of trying something new? Sometimes, than remaking a something that doesn't need to be done is my opinion of it. It just it, it, it frustrates me a little bit, and I will watch it, but I'm a, I'm very sceptical.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, as we always do, Rav. Best bit, worst bit, and out of five. And would you recommend this to anyone?
0: Um, I would just because it's part of the trilogy. And if you start watching one, you're always going to be intrigued what's the next film like? What's the next film like? So I would say if you started off strong, it, it kind of went a bit weird near the end. Um, I think the, the opening parts of, of, of this film were very good, but it just kind of faded away. And it was just like quick, let's let's finalise this because we've only got so much time left on the um, on the reel. So that that would be that. And then I would say, fortunately, another three out of five for me.
2: Oh, three out of five. That's that's not bad to be honest. That's no. not bad. God. <laughs> I mean, I'd say the best bit was the ending of Agent Smith. I thought that was very good. I thought it was explained very well. The machine. Um, uh, I like that, I actually got an understanding of it so it made me enjoy it more uh, I thought the worst bits, there were several I thought it was padded out so much um, it was a repetition of action and again like I spoke about in the I think it's mainly the second podcast uh, the, the middle film we did this, the uh, Reloaded, was that I felt like sometimes the film was trying to be too smart as if it was like patting itself on the back of look how smart we can be and look how clever we are uh, when it, it bored me because I don't want that I, it, it, I, if I started thinking about Fish Fingers and everything and the film's lost me and I thought a lot about that during this film uh, I'd recommend it to people because as Rav said it's part of a trilogy and if you watch the first one the second one just if you've got nothing better to do for three hours or two and a half hours however long it is um, watch this film but I'd, it, I'd probably give it about two out of five because um, it was hard watching, it really was, and I, I, my little brain struggled with it, and I don't like the fact that I had to do lots and lots of work to understand this. I know it is down to me being a thicky, but it kind of put me off it, and i probably knock a point off it for that, but yeah, that, that's what I thought about The Matrix. It's. I'm glad I don't have to watch it again. I don't think I will watch it again for a long, long time. What about yourself, Neil?
1: Um... I can't disagree with what you're saying in the sense of that's that's your opinion and you're you're obviously welcome to have it. But oh, I, lovely! But I have to say, I'd I'd recommend it. I love this series. It just really resonated with me. It was obviously something that I just really enjoyed. I could get my teeth into. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the way it went throughout the trilogy. Yes, I, it is padded out in places. Tell me a film that isn't. Um, and. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I recommend it to anyone to watch. If you're a sci-fi nerd and you like fighting and big boobs and S&M, this is your film and your trilogy of films. Um And it's yeah, I love it. I, lo- I can't, I can't really say I don't. I'd have to give this one. It's probably I would maybe the second one's probably the weakest out of the three for me. So I'd probably still give this a good four out of five.
2: Wow. Um, that's brilliant though We all what different opinions and it's so so good i, I that's what i love about these podcasts that
1: yeah well that's the thing that away. films are very much like music you have the things you enjoy and you have the things yeah. you can't stand now you know if you put britney spears on i will fucking rip the stereo out of wherever it is and flush it down the toilet but to other people they'd sit there and have a dance along to it you know it's it's those things, isn't it? You like it or you don't. And
2: Yeah. I completely agree.
1: And that's the thing, I just this film, this series of films is really I love them and I won't, you know, I'd happily watch them over and over and over again, even to this day, even though they're twenty odd years old now. Um Best Bits, uh for me there's so many, I suppose the best bits for me are the fight in Zion. I thought they did that really, really well, other than the Morpheus walking out that was poor that was one of the worst bits because i don't care if a machine's all stopped you're not going to go out there and go hi you're all right. Yeah, sort of yeah, stroking that like a yeah. yeah that's absolute bollocks i'm not being funny so yeah that's one of the worst bits but yeah i'd recommend it and um yeah
2: good lad, good lad. excellent well coming up next week we have got uh hawkeye we're gonna do that mm. uh and that we're gonna do a double episode it's gonna be episode one and two currently out on disney plus so that's again just like we did with um Captain America and Loki you'll be getting two podcasts a week, if you hate this podcast you'll be thinking that's terrible news if you (laughs) like it then that's really good news and then next week we're going to do 2016 Iron Raft starring John Travolta which is a good old fashioned violent vengeance film Stanley Hill opens a can of brutal vengeance on the thugs who murdered his wife and the corrupt cops who are protecting them so I've not seen this film Uh, I don't think you've seen it Neil have you I certainly haven't. So it'll
1: be pulled out of the air. Yeah. Let's do
2: that one. Interesting film to do. So that is on next week. So be sure to join us. Well, that's it from me. What about you guys? Anything to add before we go?
1: No, just thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our retrospective review of The Matrix. Definitely. Ravlar?
0: Oh, all good. uh, Thanks for listening, everyone out there. You're making our lives a more interesting, more fun, making yeah, us keep definitely.
2: going. It's mm. good to have you back on the pod, Rav. Very good. Yeah. And we'll be back next week. Any films you want us to do, we're on Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel because some of the podcasts that you listen to on the audio um, versions, the um, extra ones on the YouTube channel. So check that out at the Film cast on YouTube and click that subscribe button. That's all from this week. We'll be back next week. Thanks again. Take care.